there it's james and welcome back to another side quest where either myself or jesse does a quick spoiler free review of one of our solo books before we get started i just want to remind everyone that we have a one dollar patreon if you want to support our show this also grants access to all episodes two days earlier than the public release links for patreon our email and all of our social media are in the show notes we post our episode release schedule at the top of our facebook page in case you're looking to read along with us please feel free to send us an email with questions comments book recommendations, and more. So this is episode 3 of my Cosmere miniseries where I do a spoiler-free summary and quick review of all of Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere-related novels. Before listening, if you're unfamiliar with anything I just said, I do recommend listening to the Cosmere Primer episode I did, which is labeled as SideQuest number 9 in our episode list, for a brief breakdown on the Cosmere. Warbreaker is a 5-star book. We'll jump right into it. I think it's most important to start off by describing the magic system, which is, unlike Elantris, mostly not a spoiler. In Warbreaker, the magic system is based entirely on color. When a person is born, they are, by nature, in possession of a single, biochromatic breath. You could very loosely compare it to a soul in real life. You don't need the breath to survive, it won't really change you if you lose it, you can live a perfectly normal life without it. You can freely give it away, but it can't be forcibly taken. It is a valuable thing, and people will even sell breath to make money or any number of other things. So the more breath you have, the more heightened you become. Colors appear bolder than ever before. You're more aware of the people around you. There are certain thresholds that you can pass in order to reach what is called a heightening. For example, if you hold 50 breaths, you reach the first heightening. 200 breaths, second heightening. 600 breaths, third heightening, and so on and each heightening does come with its own benefits. Some people, called awakeners, have the ability to use their biochromatic breath to awaken objects. For example, in the very first scene of the book, a character quickly ties together some straw in the rough shape of a person, just a few inches high, and then awakens it with breath to bring it to life. The more an object resembles a person, the easier it is to bring it to life or to control it. It also requires color. The color around the awakener will drain to dull grays maybe from one's own clothes, or the floor, or the blanket they might be sitting on. The color gets used up in the awakening process. There are a great many rules and ways to use breaths, and a pretty deep history that is, of course, much more fun to discover on your own as you go along throughout the story. There are way too many things I'd love to talk about because this is a widely varied magic system, but for now we'll leave it at that. With that knowledge in hand, let's get into the story. We have two kingdoms, Idris and Halandrin. Idris used to be a part of Halandrin, but for reasons you'll discover, they broke off and now have an uneasy relationship with each other. Idris is in the highlands, while Halandrin is in a beautiful and lush jungle environment. Most of our story takes place in the capital of Halandrin, called Taitalir. So, Ciri and her three sisters are princesses of the highlands. Ciri is the youngest and has always been sort of the rule breaker, the troublemaker, the one no one pays as much attention to. She's not evil or dangerous, in fact, she's very kind and sweet. It's more that she just doesn't care to keep up with her lessons and that sort of thing. Her middle sister isn't really a part of the story, we just know that she becomes a monk. And then there's her oldest sister, Vivina. Vivina has been raised since a young age to be sent off to Halandrin to marry their god king. 
As part of a deal made years ago to keep the peace between the two lands, she has quite literally been born and trained for the moment when she'd be sent off to her destiny, and she was prepared. Until, at the last second, the king sends her sister Ciri in her place, to everyone's astonishment. What follows is Ciri's journey to the lush jungle city of Taitalir, her meeting of the fearsome god king, her life in the court of gods, and her journey as, quote, the vessel, as she is now referred to. Her only purpose is to bear the child of the god king. A quick synopsis on gods. Gods live on the same planet as their people. In fact, they get a whole portion of the city of Taitalir to themselves, with their own palaces. This is called the court of gods. In fact, they used to be regular people once. See, when an ordinary person does something truly, truly exceptional before they die, they are granted, by an unknown force, actual godhood, and come back to life as a brand new god. But there is a catch. They have no memories of their past life, they won't know how they died, or what that exceptional moment was that led to their death, and will only retain memories from their moment of reawakening and onward. And all these gods live in the court of gods, with the god king, whom Ciri is to marry and bear a child for. So let's break down what makes this book so exciting, exceptional, and worthy of five stars. As always, Brandon knows how to write for every moment. Laughter, surprise, drama, mystery, twists, sadness, character moments. It's all here. None of it fails in his performance. The amount of times I thought I understood a character, or thought I knew what a twist might be, or was so certain what to expect next, that thought was out the window. Warbreaker continues to surprise from the very beginning. A lot of times when I read fantasy novels, the settings of each book can start to feel a little bit samey. You know, the woods, deserts, plains, long voyages across the land with magical creatures. Same old, same old. This entire book does take place in a single city for almost 600 pages. A single city in a warm, lush, loud, colorful, and historied jungle. A city known for its unique and vibrant colorful dyes that can be seen in every single piece of clothing, tapestry, building, and more. A city where the ordinary people actually live among the very gods they worship. Their gods aren't just a faith, a wish, a hazy spiritual being that exists somewhere in the heavens. Their gods are alive. People can physically see them. They can hear them talk in court sessions. To me, that's already so much more interesting and unique and different from 95% of the fantasy books I'm used to reading. Another thing I love about the book is the lack of physical fighting and wars that you usually see in novels of this variety. Brandon Sanderson has stated before that fantasy books shouldn't always be about the, f- the sword fight, the wars fought on horseback, etc. Sure, you'll still get some of that, to a degree, but that's not the thing you're always going to remember for the most part. For me, the description of a fight is always the least exciting thing in a novel. There are only so many ways to describe how one sword clashed with another, for example. What I remember, like most people, are probably the characters, their dialogue, their actions as people, their beliefs and what they fight for, how they experience things and grow, or maybe not grow, as they progress throughout the novel. This book is all about that. This book is a straight story, it's dialogue. I know sometimes that can be a dull thing in books, conversation after conversation can take a toll on a reader especially in long fantasy works like this. But it is impossible to feel that here. Everyone is interesting, and their words are all captivating. There is always a reveal around the corner, a new piece of info or lore that in the back of your mind is slowly puzzling together. 
I remember having so many questions in the opening pages of this novel about the process by which a god is born, how color can be a magic system, how an object can be awakened, why breaths exist, and how they are taken advantage of for good or evil. One of the main characters we follow is actually one of the gods. His name is Light Song, and he's the treat. He is told in the beginning that he was reborn as a god because he died doing something extremely brave. And it's so fun getting the hints of what that may be, as he himself also wants to know that answer. But in general, I'm just here for his personality. He's chillin', he's sarcastic, he really doesn't think he has any right to be in his godly position. He gives his main priest absolute hell, always messing with him to see if he can break him. It's characters like this that live on in your memory long after you finish reading a book. This was my second read-through after years, and this is the one character I remembered the most. I kept having flashbacks to him as I was getting ready to read this one again, and now I remember why he was the one that stood out to me after all this time. This book is also very rereadable. Maybe not the kind of book where you reread it seconds after you finish it, but it does stand out as a singular, complete story, one and done. It's not part of a series. I did feel that the ending was abrupt, not necessarily in a bad way. It ends in a great place, and by the time you reach the last page, you get it. There's no reason to drag it out. There's no need for more. But I think it's extremely bold to leave it where the author did. Most authors would not stop the story here. And I like that decision. It respects my time before it goes too overboard. If 600 pages isn't already overboard for you. And of course, this book being in the Cosmere, all I will say is this on that subject. If this is one of the very first Cosmere books you're reading, try to generally remember this book. You might find some very interesting connections in future novels that are already in print, or maybe you're reading this book last, in which case you'll see things in a much different light. It's truly amazing how Brandon makes all this connect without having to read everything he's written. Even if this is the only Sanderson novel you ever read, then you'll be none the wiser and have a perfectly self-contained, amazing, hopefully five-star experience. My next Cosmere read is going to be Mistborn, which is where we start journeying into multi-book territory. I'm going to do the original Mistborn trilogy, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Before the Stormlight Archives existed, I would say Brandon was most widely known for all of his Mistborn-related material. Or maybe that's still the case. I know that it was my introduction to him as an author, and when I first read the trilogy, I had no idea there even was a Cosmere. So it's going to be a bit crazy getting reacquainted with that world and its citizens and seeing what I pick up on now that I've read so much more going forward. I suppose that's it for this episode, so until next time, bye!